Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett coming to you today on the Monday broadcast. So glad that you're joining us today. Hope that you had really a wonderful weekend and hope that you had the opportunity to worship the Lord. And as I'm recording this uh, particular broadcast, we are just coming off of Thanksgiving. And so I want to spend a few minutes today talking to you about ways in which we can give thanks to the Lord. I know we all know that we should give thanks to the Lord. That's kind of a given. We understand that God requires us uh, to give thanks in all things. We know that that's the will of God, to give thanks in all things. And I think about how we have so much to be thankful for. And I think about uh, people like professional athletes and how they really sometimes take for granted the gift that they have in being able to take their talents and and make a whole lot of money. And sometimes uh, you hear how their lives just fall apart and it seems like they end in disaster. But I want you to know that every once in a while, you hear of a good story of what God is doing through a professional athlete. And I think about a guy by the name of Magic Johnson. And you may have remembered if you're old like I am, uh, 30 years ago, he contracted HIV. But you know, he recently marked the anniversary of his diagnosis by saying this, I thank the Lord for keeping me, for giving me strength, for guiding me for 62 years, but especially for the last 30. Well, today he is an outspoken Christian and Johnson stepped down as president of the basketball operations for the LA Lakers in 2019. And the reason he did that is so that he could devote more of his time to his church. He said this, It's truly a blessing when you know what direction you're going in. Well, how did you spend your Thanksgiving? I know my day began with prayer, and I joined several of the members from the Hickory Ridge Community Church. We were on a conference call, and we prayed together, and we just are so thankful for the fact that God has given us this wonderful way to communicate with Him, and it's called prayer. You know, I think so few people pray because true prayer is truly costly. But those who are making the investment, they are the true source of spiritual power in our church and in our community. I believe every ministry of our church is strengthened because of prayer. So we pray for every single ministry of our church. You know, the disciples asked only one thing of the Lord, only one thing they requested that he would teach them, and that is how to pray. You see, prayer is the discipline of our faith that nobody has an advantage over. You know, we got different talents and we have different strengths, but as we think about this avenue of prayer, nobody has an advantage. So after our prayer time on Thursday morning, on Thanksgiving morning, I spent some time getting ready to have people over our house and to celebrate Thanksgiving. You know, throughout the day, my son Seth and I were involved in what I would call a search party. We were searching for places that were open on Thanksgiving Day. Food line was open in the morning and Wawa was open, as was Sonic. So I went to Wawa, and I went to Sonic, and I said to both of the ladies who waited on us, I said, thank you so much for taking care of us. Thank you so much for coming to work on Thanksgiving. When I went to Wawa, I asked the lady if she was going to do anything special today on Thanksgiving after I thanked her for missing her day uh, by working on Thanksgiving. And she says, well, the only thing I'm missing today is dried up turkey. But then she paused, and she had a complete tone and a voice. Then she said to me, well, thank you. You're the only person today who has told me that they are thankful for me. You know, I drove home listening to Christmas music, and when I arrived at home, I repainted the nativity scene that I have displayed on my front yard every year. And as I was painting that display, 
I was reminded of my pastor friend who gave me that nativity. I was reminded that he moved to Florida several years ago and how he was really excited about the new ministry opportunities uh, that God was giving to him. I also spent some time decorating the house and getting ready for guests to arrive. We gathered around and we gave thanks to Christ and we thanked him for our salvation. We prayed for those who were less fortunate, for those who didn't enjoy the abundance of food and family. We prayed for those who had an empty seat at their table this year. We especially prayed for those who would be going through a difficult time as they began the holiday season. You know, I don't know that I've had a Thanksgiving in in recent memory where I've had so many people going through such a difficult time. I've been involved in four funerals just over the last four days. Uh, When you think about loved ones going on, you know, life is so short. Uh, James tells us that life is as a vapor that appears for a little while and, and then it's gone. Not only is life very short, but life is also uncertain. I had a cousin pass away, and she was just 48 years old. We didn't expect her to pass away, but she had an asthma attack, and she had some respiratory problems, and and the Lord took her on home. When I think about the brevity of life, life is very brief. Life is very uncertain. But you think about life, and God has a purpose for us. I want you to know that as we celebrate the Thanksgiving season and the Christmas season, Uh, We have so many things to praise the Lord for in spite of all that is happening around us. Did you know this Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving of 2021, is actually the 400th Thanksgiving Day in the United States? The pilgrims were not fully understand in their lifetime the reason for the suffering that beset them. So on Thursday, 1621, the fourth Thursday of November, the pilgrims gathered together and had the first official Thanksgiving Day. It was quite a unique day back in 1621. It was in the fall of the year, and these pilgrims had lingering memories of the difficulties that they were facing. In fact, in 1621, the terrible winter they are about to face just ahead of them caused them to be very discouraged. The previous winter had caused scores and scores of babies and children and young people and adults to actually starve to death. So the pilgrims had decided in November of 1621 that they were going to pack up the Mayflower and they were going to go back to England. They climbed onto the ship and they were in a harbor heading back to England, ready to give up all hope. It was then that they saw another ship coming the other way. And on that ship was a Frenchman named Delaware. And he came with some medical supplies and he came with some food. When the pilgrims met that Frenchman, they had enough hope to go back and to stay, to stay there off the coast of Massachusetts in that little town of Plymouth. They decided to stay because they had a renewed hope in their lives, all because of a Frenchman who came and brought supplies. It gave them that ability to keep carrying on. You know, I don't think that giving thanks should happen just once a year. As a matter of fact, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't give thanks consistently. Now, right now, my level of giving thanks is pretty high because it is the holiday season. I'd say it's about a nine and a half right now. But then January is going to hit. And when I hit January, I think it drops down to a solid two. You know, as you think about the prominent Bible characters, Paul was one of these guys who understood the importance of Thanksgiving. Not only did he understand the importance of Thanksgiving, but he also encouraged us to constantly give thanks. He wrote to the Colossian believers, he says, 
I always thank God for you, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when I pray for you. So part of our prayer time should always involve giving thanks to the Lord, obviously, but also giving thanks to the people that God has brought into our lives. You see, Paul knew that giving thanks was crucial. As a matter of fact, I think we could summarize four primary reasons why we should constantly give thanks. First of all, I think we give thanks because God wants it. Did you know that we're told that we're to give thanks in all occasions? And this is actually the will of God. The Lord wants us to give thanks. Give thanks for the providence. Give thanks for his sovereignty. You see, Jesus wants to be thanked for taking away our sins and making us clean. The Spirit wants to be thanked for his guidance and for his comfort. You know that God has emotions and he desires praise. As a matter of fact, David said that God inhabits the praise of his people. You see, he is worthy to be praised, and he deserves to be praised, and God wants us to give thanks to him. That's why it's so sad when we stop giving thanks and we start to complain. When we're complaining, we're in essence saying, God, I'm not thankful for where you have me right now in my life. I'm not thankful for my circumstances. You see, the first reason we ought to be giving thanks is because God wants it. The second reason that we ought to give thanks is because everything belongs to him. Everything belongs to him and everything is from him. Paul said to those Corinthian believers, he says, you know, I always thank my God for you. For in him, you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge. You see, there is not a single thing that we actually own. There's not a single thing that hasn't been given to us temporarily from the tiniest detail of our appearance to the house that we live in, for each and every breath that we believe, for our salvation, even in our greatest offerings and our greatest sacrifices to the Lord, we can never outgive God. So to give thanks because God wants it, we're to give thanks because everything is from God. Thirdly, we're to give thanks because a lack of thanksgiving actually holds us back. It keeps us from moving ahead. In Exodus chapter 16, we discover that the nation of Israel was complaining. I mean, God had just led them out of Egypt, and they're heading to the promised land. Uh, They're in that wilderness time, and, and they're spending their time in that desert complaining. Their complaining was so egregious and so continual and so loud that Exodus 16, 12 says, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Now, you know you're in trouble when God says, I hear your grumbling. As a result of their grumbling, their eyes were taken off the big picture, and they spent much time in the desert. They spent more time in the desert than they should have. You see, the promised land was waiting, but their lack of thankfulness kept them from taking that next step. You know, entitlement will hold us back, but gratitude propels us forward into the life that God designs for us. You know, the nation of Israel should have had this journey through the wilderness, and it should have been 7 to 14 days in length, but it ends up being 40 years. Why did it take so long? Because God heard the grumbling of the Israelites, and as a result, God had to slow them down to teach them to be grateful in all things. So maybe as you're listening to this broadcast, as you're looking at your life, you're saying, maybe the reason I'm not getting this traction that I need is I'm not moving ahead the way I want to move ahead is because I am not giving thanks. 
Thanksgiving will propel you forward. Well, there's a fourth reason that we ought to give thanks. First of all, God wants us to give thanks. Secondly, everything is from God. Number three is that a lack of thanksgiving will hold us back and keep us from moving forward. And then number four, giving thanks changes our perspective. You see, when we are thankful in our prayers, our focus turns away from ourselves and onto the goodness of God and all that He's done for us. Our hearts are stirred with joy, our joy begins to overflow, and the result is fruit. We are growing to be more like Jesus. Fruit sprouting out all over the place. You know, the art of thanksgiving is consistency. It's steadfast. It's genuine. It's year-round thankfulness in all things because God is good. Now, that's the why as to why we give thanks. But how do we go about actually giving thanks? Well, let me give you a few ways that you can give thanks today on the broadcast. Number one, you can give thanks vocally. That is with our mouths, singing praises unto the Lord. David talked about this, and he actually put together a segment of the Levites, and he says, okay, you are the Levites, the tribe of Levi. I want you to gather people together, and your responsibility, you're going to be in charge of putting songs of thanksgiving together. As a matter of fact, as we get past the story of David, and we get into the story of Nehemiah, we discover that Nehemiah did the same thing. Nehemiah, when he's building this wall around the city of Jerusalem, he knew that it was going to be a very difficult task. He knew that people were going to get discouraged. I mean, they're going to be fighting on one hand and building on the other. And Nehemiah knew that they're going to have a sword in one hand and a trowel on one hand. And so he says, make sure that you are spending some time giving thanks because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we learn in Nehemiah chapter 12 that Nehemiah put together a praise band and he says, just as they did in the days of David and Asaph, there's going to be directors for musicians. There's going to be songs of praise and songs of thanksgiving to the Lord. Not only did David put the band together, not only did Nehemiah put the band together, vocally praising God for all that he's done for them, but we learn that Ezra did the same thing. In Ezra 3.11, Ezra is giving this mammoth task of rebuilding the temple. He also knew that those who were building it were going to get mighty discouraged. And so he said to them, with praise and thanksgiving, that we should sing unto the Lord. And Ezra 3.11, he gets the band together, he gets the choir together, and we even know what they sang. Here are the lyrics of the song they sang as they were rebuilding the temple. He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And it says that all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord, and they were shouting praise of thanksgiving unto the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was built. Now, one would think that giving vocal thanks to God would help us to be humble, but our world seems upside down when it comes to this matter of humility. In an article that I read not too long ago in the New York Times, it asks a question. Now, this is written by unbelievers, but the question is, when did humility get so vainglorious? Now, this article that is written in the New York Times observes how humility is not what it used to be. As a matter of fact, humility may be the exact opposite of what it used to mean. It seems like lately, it's almost mandatory for politicians and athletes and celebrities and, and other public figures to be vocal 
and to be vaingloriously humbled by every honor they receive, every prize they win, every job they offer, or every record broken. It seems like this praise of thanksgiving is giving this opportunity to brag about yourself. As you think about this, soap opera actress on tour is humbled by the outpouring of love from the fans. Comedians are humbled by the big laughs. And even yoga practitioners are humbled by achieving difficult poses. And athletes, well, they're humbled by the good day on the field. Even Christmas volunteers are humbled by their own generosity and the holiday spirit. And yet none of these people sound very humbled at all. On the contrary, they all seem exceedingly proud of themselves, hashtagging their humility to advertise their own status, their own success, their own generosity, their own superiority, and their own luck. When did humanity get so cocky and so vainglorious? We don't give thanks as a a roundabout way to congratulate ourselves or to brag about ourselves. That's not really true humility or true thanksgiving. That is what we would call self-worship. Now, we're to give thanks vocally unto the Lord, but we're to do it with humility. Secondly, we are to give thanks unto the Lord communally. That is, as we gather together. Now, this is a practice that is as old as the Bible itself and as old as human history itself. In Leviticus chapter 7, verse 13, it says that they gathered together as a fellowship, and as they were gathering together, they offered thanksgiving and they were presenting an offering to the Lord. The psalmist said, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise, give thanks to him, and praise his name. Have you ever wondered, why do we sing at church? Well, the reason that we sing at church is because it gets us together communally to give us the opportunity to give thanksgiving or praise of God. I told you earlier that God actually inhabits the praise of his people. You know, every year, our church gives away meals the Sunday before Thanksgiving. This year, we gave away 400 meals. In previous years, we've even given more than that. Uh, this year, our numbers were down a little bit because of COVID, but in past years, we'd give seven, 800 meals away. Now, why do we do this? It's not so that we can be praised by our community. We do it so that as we gather together, we take on this project, and we give sacrificially to offer this free meal, we do it so that we can give thanks to God and for His goodness to us. We actually gather together and we give thanks. That ought to be a big part of your worship service every Sunday. Praising God from whom all blessings flow. Praising Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see, God created us to praise Him God created us to gather together as a community and offer thanksgiving to Him. So we've learned so far that we're to give praise unto the Lord vocally, communally, and then number three, we're to give praise unto the Lord sacrificially, and that is with our substance. I love how Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and he's he's writing to the Corinthian believers, and he says, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Now, Paul is saying that as we gather together, 
and we observe the Lord's table. What we are doing is we are participating in the broken body of Christ. We are participating in the shed blood of Christ. We are sacrificing our substance as Jesus sacrificed for us. Now, this kind of reminds me of a cute little story that I was reading not too long ago. It's about a little girl, a little five-year-old girl, and she gives up her stuffed moose to keep a police officer safe. Let me give you the background of the story. A routine traffic stop last year, and uh, as the police officer is talking to the driver, the mother of Mackenzie Brown, Mackenzie Brown is in the back seat, and she rolls down her window, and she offered to give the police officer her very own stuffed moose. This Pennsylvania police officer at first refused the gift, but she kept holding the stuffed moose out the window and kept trying to give it to him. Finally, he gave in and says, okay, I'll receive this moose. He tried to politely say no, uh, but he couldn't refuse the insistence of this little girl. And the little girl says, I want you to take Mr. Moosey, and the reason I want you to take him is because he will keep you safe. Well, clearly there's no way the officer could refuse this gift. Well, after a short time, Little Moosey became a big hit. Recently, reporters followed up on the story, and they discovered that that moose has made many visits to Chicago, to New Jersey, to Pennsylvania, to Massachusetts, and to New Hampshire, serving alongside air marshals and the National Guard and fire departments and even the New York Police Department. The Facebook page, Mr. Moosey's World Tour, is updated on a regular basis. And we discover that that little sacrifice by a five-year-old girl has been a blessing to many parts of our country. When you offer up hope, and you give hope, and hope is offered up sacrificially, and we are participating in the blood of Christ, we become part of the body of Christ, we actually are missionaries, going about the world, sharing the gospel. You know, we can't all go, but we can send others to go. There is joy in sacrificially giving to the Lord's work. As we sacrificially give of our substance, we discover that God multiplies that substance. Now, notice it says that we're to give the Lord our substance. We're to give to Him not what is left over, but we're to give to Him the substance, the first part of our increase. That's why it's called a sacrifice. We're not giving out of the leftovers or the surplus. We're giving out of substance. You see, we normally give to God from our surplus, but God desires our substance. You see, there's a major difference. You see, Thanksgiving that is really offered up that is meaningful is a Thanksgiving with a substance behind it. Not just a surplus, not just a casual, oh, thank you, I appreciate that. That doesn't cost us anything. You know, a king would never receive a subject into his presence unless that subject would give him a gift first. There was a sacrifice that had to be made if you to enter into the presence of the king. The same ought to be true when we enter the presence of our God. After all that he's done for us, as we enter into his presence to offer up thanksgiving, we also honor the Lord with our substance. Well, there's a fourth way that we can give thanks. We've talked about giving thanks vocally, communally, sacrificially, and number four, give thanks respectfully. Now, before I read this next passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I want to give you some background as to what Paul is addressing. When I think about the Apostle Paul, 
Uh, he was a brilliant mind, and he understood and kind of had his finger on the pulse of what was happening in the church at Corinth. So he wrote 1 Corinthians because he discovered there were some issues that must be addressed. And so he writes a letter to correct some things. It wasn't very well received by the Corinthian believers. As a matter of fact, they said, Paul, you are real firm and you are real bold in writing, but you won't be so bold in person. So Paul wrote the book of 2 Corinthians and says, you know what? I'm going to come see you. Uh, My first letter that I wrote to you wasn't very well received, and you didn't receive all the teaching that I wanted you to get, so I will come in person. Well, I want you to join me tomorrow because we're going to look at how we can give thanks respectfully and in all humility. Respectfully and all humility. Looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I want you to know that your giving should never be about edifying yourself. It should never be about putting others to shame. As we give respectfully, we discover that God loves the respect behind how we give thanks to Him. So Lord, I thank you for every person listening to this broadcast today. I pray for their safety as they drive down the highway today. I pray that you fill them with your spirit. I pray that you fill them with thanksgiving. I pray that you put a hedge of protection around them as they travel today. Thank you for your word that encourages us and is such a blessing to us. Lord, may we be men and women filled with thanksgiving. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3220 South Battlefield Boulevard, Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We would love for you to join us. For more information, you go to our website at www.hrcc7.org. No matter what you're going through, remember, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.